to episode two of the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Rogers. You can find me, as always, on Twitter at RunDFF. And once again, I'm here with my boy Jeff Roby. Week one is at the books, and I'd say it was full of unexpected surprises. Jeff, how was your first week of NFL football in 2019, man? Hey, it went fantastic. I went four of four of my fantasy football games this weekend. I told you last week we were dominate. We dominated. Great opening weekend. Thursday sucked. Yesterday topped it off big time. So all the way around, great football weekend. Yeah, I can't say I did quite as well. I've got six leagues. Two of them are rebuild dynasty leagues, so I don't even worry about those. The more I lose, the better for draft picks. But I went two and two in those other four leagues. And uh, it was up or down. I had two monster weeks by my good teams that showed out. And then my other two teams were two of the worst in the league in each of those. I mean, it was terrible. I didn't have on each of those two bad teams. I didn't have any of these big guys we're going to talk about that just showed up out of nowhere. I like felt fantastic. I mean, I, I score 150 plus points. I got Sammy Watkins sitting on the bench, so I'm sitting fantastic. <laughs> That's great right now, okay? Uh, so, yeah, Sammy carried, Sammy carried one of my teams. I was there. I was there. I was, man, he went nuts. Uh, yeah. Hey, before we get into any of this, did you catch uh, the end of that Steelers game? The, the best call of the weekend. It was false start offense. All the linemen except the center. Yes. Where the lineman forgot to snap the center, forgot to snap the ball, man. Hey, I, th- I think that was I think there was an injury there, and that center came in just for one play. So yeah, it was a uh, BJ Finney, I think, or something like that, backup yeah. center. But I mean, he just sat there. They had blown the play dead, and he's still just holding the ball on the ground. It was amazing. It was one of the best, the best ridiculousness calls. No, I got, I got I got the best one for you. I got Kyler Murray getting sacked. By his own right guard. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was on come on, man, last night. The dude got sacked by his own. I mean, so now you ain't got to play against 11. You got to play against 12. Right, okay? right. Well, Let's you know, it can't be as bad as a butt fumble, but still. No, but know. it's right there. And it was a Superman tackle. I don't even know. He turned around. He went airborne and tackled his own his own quarterback. Oh, man. I, I do love seeing some of these random things that happen in the NFL. It keeps, keeps you talking all weekend, but... Uh, we've got some big things to talk about. Let's get into the news and all that. First, how about some guys who impressed and disappointed? And uh, we'll call this our Varsity versus JV segment. So um, I'm going to roll right into it, man. I was big on John Brown in the offseason. I, I drafted him as a wide receiver, too, in the league that we're in. And he he dominated uh, running all over that Jets D with Allen throwing deep. It was impressive. Uh, and then I got Delaney Walker, of course, two touchdowns, 55 yards. There's a guy who came back from the dead and showed exactly why he's one of the top four or five fantasy tight ends in the league and has been for years. Uh, but I'll tell you, I want to go to that same team, and I'm done with Corey Davis. I've been trumpeting him all offseason. He can't do any worse than he's been. He's got to go somewhere. Womp, womp, womp. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I say, you know, with with Corey Davis, I saw him. I was watching your you play, and I'm I'm kind of saying, man, I bet he's regretting this right now. And everybody else, I see, you know, putting that big fat zero up there. You know, where'd you go? I mean, why were you distant there? So, so Corey Davis, to you, uh, you better show up because uh, otherwise you're gonna be sitting on the the waiver wire and nobody's going after you. But hey, I'm I'm right there with you, John Brown. Great game. Uh, Delaney Walker, keep playing, stop talking. Uh, fantastic, fantastic output by them. Uh, what are you thinking about the, with the Eagles, D? Uh, you know, I, I was on them last week. Boy, that was disappointing. You don't expect Case Keenum and the Washington Redskins 
with a bunch of no-name receivers and lighten them up in the first half. And that's exactly what they did. The Eagles D has always been one of those that puts pressure on the QB and that can push the, the middle of the pocket. Uh, but they lost Malik Jackson, and they just didn't get anything done against that Redskins offensive line. And really frustrating if you were an Eagles owner. I'm sorry, guys, if I pushed you that way and you went that way. My bad, my bad. Because they, they just didn't get done. I think they had one sack, no turnovers. Just let them do exactly what they wanted to. They did great against the run. Uh, Geis looked meh, whatever, and we'll talk about him more later. But Case Keenum lit them up. He looked like he was with the Vikings a couple years ago. I mean, this is not the Case Keenum anybody expects. And for him to come out and light up a defense that we all thought was going to be pretty good, that's uh, frustrating. If you ran the Eagles D out there, yeah, it's uh, disappointing to not get much out of them. Tell me hey, about so the first half of that game, you know, the the coach of the Denver Broncos last year was saying, hey, where was that Case Keenum when I had him, you know, trying to try – to, <laughs> Yeah, right, so exactly. Like, now I'm out of a job, right? So, uh, but then, you know, they go into the locker room, they get themselves together, they come back, they play a second, uh, a great second half. What are your thoughts of them going forward? I mean, you, you disappointed in them in the first half. Uh, I mean, yeah, they didn't really produce those tangibles that are going to get you some points, but going forward, what are you thinking? Well, you know, if they're not put, if they're not allowing points, that's fine. But it's not going to be the thing that's going to get you a lot of fantasy points. So I still want to see them get on the edges there close that pocket down and get some sacks, force some turnovers, you know, because if all you're doing is, oh, I'm only going to allow 12 points or 14 points this week, that's just going to be a mediocre fantasy week. We need some some production from those pass rushers uh, to get something going with, with the defensive points-wise. So staying with those Eagles, man, on the other side of the ball, my boy d who I told you last week was going to light it up, he lit it up. Yep. Boy, he was all over the place, right? So it's like, no, he's old. No, he's didn't hurt. Okay. And guess what? He went out there and lit it up. He demanded 10 targets, of which he got eight of them for 154. I said it last week. The man knows how to ball, and he deserves respect. You questioned me on it. Well, you're not questioning me now. By the way, he was one-on-one with Josh Norman and cooked him, okay? <laughs> Anyone who listens to me found pay dirt this week, and they're already thanking me, saying, hey, Roby, you made me money. I appreciate it. Who do I send the check to? Now he has the Falcons' defense and expect him to have another good game. Not first-week numbers, okay? Not 154 and a couple touchdowns, no. But he is definitely a dependable wide receiver, too, in this upcoming game. No, see, I, I'm still I'm going to stick to my guns, man. You're going to get games like that out of DJX. The problem is, when are they coming? I'm not sure that we'll see another game like that this season. Of course he's going to get an occasional big play, and he got a couple of them this week. But I promise you, if you're rolling DJX out for 16 weeks, you're going to have 10 or 12 weeks where you're going to be pissed off that you've got three for 36. You're just like, hey, where, where'd he go? Because he's going to disappear on you. But, but, monster but we're, we're, talking about the, we're talking about the NFC East here. He played... The Redskins. He plays the Redskins again. He's got the Giants twice. That's three more games right there out of your, out of your 15th. He's going to be going in there and doing the same thing too. Okay. So when you look at it from that perspective, don't say he's going to be, you know, not lighting up again. Like he's got to play the Redskins. He's got to play the Giants. They got a favorable matchup. Hey, I think you, you may say he's bounced. Give it another week. You give it another week, and you call me on the phone and tell me why you didn't win next week. I, that's fine. But I'm telling you, put him in. He's going to score touchdowns. 
because Carson Wentz is going to throw him touchdowns. He's going to throw him yards. Okay. Between him, Jeffries, both our players play him. I'll, I'll uh, be back with you around week 10, 12, when you've got two of those weeks, but you got eight of those that are just like bombs that, you know, you're throwing up duds and you can't depend on them. I'm going to, I'm going to check back in with you, man. I'm just saying. Do it. Do it. I'll be here and I'll be laughing. Yeah. Well, you got a, Speaking of, you know, eight weeks or so, you got, it looks like you might have six or eight weeks of Austin Eckler, man. Of, of being awesome yet again and saying pre week one, telling you the man who's going to carry the load. Did you is say Eckler. awesome? Like awesome Eckler? Awesome. Eckler. That would, yeah, that we is, just call him awesome Eckler from here on out. For awesome Eckler. Job. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I told you last week he was going to do it. No, no, no. 50 50 with Jackson. No. He's going to carry the load. And guess what? He certainly did. He dominated three touchdowns, uh, one carry, two receiving. He out-touched Jackson 18-7. to seven. They ain't no 50-50 there. Nope, he is the lead right. back. This isn't a running back by committee no more. Rivers finds him reliable. He went to him the second most out of the group there, so in, in the air. And, and then he was handing the ball off. So PPR, standard, give him the ball. He's going to run. With Gordon possibly not coming back to week eight, as late as week 10, and Gordon's going to come back. So we'll have this conversation down the road. But for the next six to eight, he's a must-start. He is definitely RB two. Yeah, I can't argue with you, man. It looked good. He uh, he definitely got the usage that a lot of people weren't sure he was gonna get. You can't pass that up if you got him late. What a find! At least for the first half, and you're trying to get some wins on the board and solidify your playoff situation. He's that guy that can make a difference on your team. You know, yeah, late I'm back round. in the back right now. I did a Darius guys Austin Eckler trade. Um, you know, so winning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that looks real good right now. Man, let me touch on uh, a group that was really disappointing, and I think everyone had high hopes for. They had a new addition in Odell. But Baker Mayfield and that Browns offense looked terrible. Mayfield looked like he was a rookie again in his first start, cannot leading his team to a second-half win. He looked bad out there. I don't know if, if the whole wrist thing is, an, is something to pay attention to, but he was throwing picks left and right and overthrowing guys. Wasn't able to deliver the ball accurately, and that affected the whole offense. Everyone, even even Nick Chubb, who couldn't get it going, they should have been in that game the whole time. That's not a Titans team that's going to be a juggernaut this year, but they got blown out. You know, I wonder I wonder when I looked at that, I said, when when Greg Robinson got that kicking Kenny Vack in the head, right? So I, I kind of say it, it all kind of seemed to turn. It was not going well, but that right there is a big part of, of Baker Maker doing his thing, right? So he's got to have a line, and, and he seemed to be just running for his life from there, which he normally like runs, but it's not for his life. He's running to go do something, but it just seems to have broken down, and things just started going downhill, and it's that snowball effect, and he, and he couldn't really recover from it. So I don't think you've got a problem with it. I think keep keep playing the studs that are there. You know, we're all going to face some adversity from time to time. That's just busting the rust. I still have them being neck and neck with the Ravens for the top spot in the AFC North, and we'll see. But yeah, they definitely disappointed this weekend overall, man. Yeah, and look, if you're looking at teams in the North right now, the Ravens clearly look the best. Because you had on Sunday night a matchup with New England where Steelers looked horrible, man. Put up three points. Yeah, there were some teams you definitely could say they had a wake-up call. I mean, the Thursday night game. I mean, both of them. I mean, we were watching, like, yeah, they, they said it's a 100-year anniversary of, of teams, and they played like it was 100 years ago. You know, they, they were slow, right? So a lot of teams came out just slow out the blocks and just disappointed in a lot of ways. To me, 
Pitt, definitely the Browns, uh, and Green Bay, and and also the Bears. Like, so if you're you're sitting on any of those guys, you're wondering, hey, they're going to turn around. Yeah, they're going to turn around. All those teams right there are are teams that are going to keep clicking, but they're just going they just take. You got to go to week two. We'll see see after next week. I, I tell you, let, let's talk about. Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm disappointed in them. You know, when I look at the guys that are out there, Vance McDonald, two of four targets for only 40 yards. A lot of people picked him up to be their tight end. They're very disappointed right now. Uh, James Conner, I know we're talking about first round. You, if you picked him, he only turned out 10 carries, 21 yards, 2.1 yards a carry, you know, four for 44. I mean, at least he got four catches. So Big Ben's still throwing it his way. But that's not what you were expected at, at, at an RB1. He's going to turn around. But you know, look at Juju. I mean, Juju still, yeah, he got his share, six of eight, 78 yards, but I was expecting a lot more. I was, I would play him as a wide receiver going number one still. You, you don't put him on the bench. You don't freak out right now, but they are playing Seattle's defense coming up. You know, Seattle held the Bengals of just 34 yards rushing. So when I look at Connor, Hey, he be, he better show me something week two. And, and anybody who's got him right now is definitely concerned about that. Uh, they disappointed me this week and, and, they got to bring it around. So yeah, and the whole Juju thing, he got 26 of those 76 yards on one of the last last couple of drives. I mean, it wasn't like he was consistent throughout the game. He just wasn't able to get the separation that he needed to uh, make the kind of catches that we've been used to out of him. And maybe that's a product of him having to face the number one corner and Stephon Gilmore. He's not going to draw that number two coverage anymore. You know, Belichick likes to take out the number one option, and he not, he, they, they took out Connor and Juju and made that team completely just dead in the water. He can ball, but uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I am really, I am surprised by New England's offense uh, overall. I think that they were just a really well put together team. They look like they haven't missed a beat since winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, good on them. I, I think that New England is going to be the, t- the tough team to beat coming out of the AFC. But Kansas City made a good cap for it either. Let me tell you one more disappointing. One I had, you know, everybody, nobody's disappointed in Tampa Bay. They, they are what we thought they were. Horrible, okay? Straight up, okay? But if you were out there and you picked Mike Evans, I, I kind of understand the Mike Evans pick, right? Because he, he's been pretty solid the last couple of years, but Evans was really kind of too good to pass up. But, you know, was he too good to pass up? Nope. You know, to me, you should have passed on him and let somebody else get his – his measly five targets for 28 yards. And those thinking Godwin is not the better receiver. No, he got six targets. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to throw this out there to you, but if you got Evans right now and you can put him with somebody or you think you, you got a sucker out there that that's not listening to our podcast, throw Mike Evans out there in a trade. And I think you're going to get something in return. Uh, but Mike Evans, to me, is definitely trade bank. Uh, uh, see, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, man. Okay, what what people are missing about Mike Evans and what they're going to miss, and this is the way you can capitalize, if you can buy him right now, I would absolutely buy him. He was sick all week, man. He missed practices. He went into the game with an illness, and that's an issue that people overlook. Oh, it's just a little little cough or whatever. He might have legit had, a, had an excuse for how he played, but we're not talking about an average receiver. This is the guy who has five straight 1,000-yard seasons. If he gets another 138 targets like he did last year, He's going to be a monster again. 1,500 yards last year, dude. Eight touchdowns? No, I'm not moving on him. It's not a big comparison with with between him and targets, okay? He, it's not that he only got 28 yards of touchdown. I got he was sick. It was like 150,000 degrees down in Tampa Bay this week. It was horrible, okay? But it's the guy throwing the ball. The guy throwing the ball is not going to get him the ball like he did last year. They are just that bad, okay? He's been good um, with that before. He's been good with that 
he's thrown up 1,200 and 1,300 yards with Evans before. I mean, with uh, Winston. I keep saying Evans, but with Winston. He's – this is not – Evans is Evans is not Chris Goblin. Evan, Evans is not, you know, some random scrub. That's a guy who can go up and get the ball high-pointed. That's that's exactly who Winston's going to have to count on. And if you can buy him low right now, there's no way I'm selling Evans right now because his stock is low coming off of that poor performance. But I think if you can you can find someone who ignores the fact that he that he was sick, that he wasn't feeling well, maybe he was sore. You know, say he has the flu. I don't know exactly what his illness was, but if he had the flu and he comes in sore, feeling like crap, there's just no way that that he was going to be able to perform. And I think we all kind of overlooked that. I'm an Evans owner in a league, and uh, I played him. I had plenty of other firepower, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, but it was uh, it was one of those where I I feel comfortable rolling Evans out there and I'm buying if I can. If there's anybody panicking on a week one panic, I'm there. Give wide receiver a- one, a wide receiver two. He's a wide receiver two, right? No way, no way. He's a wide receiver one all day, top seven or eight wide receiver. You couldn't tell me ten wide receivers better than him. You couldn't tell me twelve for sure. So oh. you can get back to me next week, but absolutely not. There's there's a reason he's been a wide receiver one for. Four out of his five seasons, he was a high-end wide receiver, too, the other time. I mean, this is a guy who catches touchdowns, who piles up yards, and it's not not exactly like he's catching 40 balls a year. No, this is a wide receiver one all day, every day, man. So don't overreact. This is my lesson to everyone, including you, Roby. Don't overreact to week one under production by your stud. You can go a long way with some other players, and we'll get to one in a little while who's a stud, who has been a monster stud for years that I would be worried about. But it's it's a different circumstance. You're going to see it in some stats that we give. But Evans is not that guy. Give him time. Give, give him another week. Give him a healthy game next week. Heads up. Here comes Mike Evans. And look, I got one more guy. And I want to hit on him because he's from your, your boys. He, he moved off from the Saints, moved to a new team, got himself a lead back role. And boy, he looked good in it. Mark Ingram took over that Ravens running back position, and he looked incredible. He was running all over the place, paired with Lamar Jackson. There was nothing stopping in that offense, especially in Miami. Mark Ingram looks legit. He may he didn't he didn't even have to play that much because they were up so big. They they went on to Gus Edwards and then eventually to Justice Hill. He did all his damage on 27 snaps, and he's going to get a lot more touches than that as far as a consistent basis when he's in a game where they're not up you know, one bazillion to one. Uh, That's a guy who I was incredibly impressed with. Uh, I know Mark Ingram was your boy for a long time. You miss him? I I can't say I miss him, but I I certainly, I'm never off Mark Ingram. The man, the man knows how to play. I always thought, you know, he's a bowling ball. He gets in there and he wrecks. There's a reason why he's a Heisman trophy winner. You know, there's a reason why he's a first round draft pick. You know, he's always done that thing for the Saints and he's doing the same thing for the Ravens. So, you know, when it came down to it, it's, it's a business decision and, and he's with the Ravens. The Ravens are just, you know, fantastic. OK, just absolutely fantastic. Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, he showed that a running back can throw the ball. And let's see if he <laughs> continues doing that. So I guess you caught that. I guess you caught that little quip in the post game conference. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He's, definitely. Not, he's not a little salty, is he? He might be a lot salty after this. I think, I think he's he's out to prove something right now. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying out there that, and even himself, he, he's saying that, I, that he's not going to run as much as he did last year. I, I'm a uh, Jackson owner, 
uh, right now in fantasy, and I, I, I'm kind of wanting to run, you know, because, I mean, that's how I'm making my points. So if you're out there and you're thinking, hey, he's not going to out there, wait till he starts playing some, some dominant team, not the Dolphins, not the Cardinals. When he starts playing some teams, he'll start moving around. He'll start getting out there doing his thing. You know, he may actually go out there and run around just to show – uh, just to show Kyler Murray how it's done, I, I, I expect. But you know, going yeah. back to yeah. going back to Mark Ingram, I, I I think he's money right now. You got to start him. You're definitely starting. If you're not, you're, you're not winning. Tell me about Marlon Mack, man. That's your boy, huh? Yeah, Marlon Mack. I mean, he 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 balled. Right now, he is the lowest paid uh, dollar for dollar guy that is out there in the league. I mean, we got Le'Veon Bell, who's got. $13.125 million, right, by the Jets. And, and we got Marlon Mack at uh, $645,000, okay? And, and you got this dude leading the league. Yep, first week, leading the league in yards, okay? So he got 124 yards in the third quarter, okay? So, Jeez. I mean. Yeah, it, I didn't realize well, it was like that. Balling. So, you know, and, and nobody expected. I, I called it. I, I thought last week he would be the man. Um, a lot of concerns because you know, hey, back, you know, backup QB taking it, reset taking it. But I, hey, they got to run the ball, and, and they ran the ball. They played great. They played a great second half. Marlon Mack was the guy carrying the Colts on his shoulders. He said, you know what, this is the Marlon Mack show, and it's going to be the Marlon Mack show all year wrong. And you know what? Then you go get your money, boy. He's going to get paid if he plays like this. So. But I think uh, one thing, and, and after watching all these games this week, man, my biggest takeaway from the weekend is that speed kills. We got a lot of receivers we've got to touch on in a little while, but uh, we got a lot of guys who run in four twos, four threes, and all of a sudden they're breaking off big plays left and right. Marquise Brown, John Ross, your boy D-Jax, Sammy Watkins, Ted Ginn, and Tyrell, who... Not an incredibly fast on paper guy, but Al Zidenfeld calls him Tyrell the Gazelle for a reason. And then one more guy, Terry McLaurin. That's a, that's a 4-3-5 guy who slid slid all the way to third round and has kind of been off the radar. So we're going to get into those guys in a little while, but let's talk about some, uh, some injuries and news from the weekend in our weekly rundown. All right, so a couple of injuries we need to talk about because they are big time. Tyreek Hill. Boy, did karma get him or what, man? <laughs> He's got a uh, SC joint. That's a collarbone dislocation. Uh, he's gonna miss. He's gonna miss some weeks. Typically, it's four to six weeks. A few years ago, Amendola had a similar injury. He missed four. Big Ben had a similar injury. He missed five games. So I think we're looking at four to six weeks out. Um, that's gonna open up some options for some players. You know, that Sammy Watkins that uh, that I just mentioned. He's got an opportunity now. Uh, are you interested in anybody else from the Chiefs? So no, I I think Sammy. I mean they got they got so many weapons out there. You know, um, I mean they were just with Shady playing in the back wing, Williams playing. You know, they, so tight end position, the wide receiver position is stacked. Uh, so yeah. you know, Tyreek, I got him. I got him in the league. I, I was kind of like disappointed he got hurt. It, it kind of got. It was one of those things that is it really that bad because you saw him get tackled out of bounds and it was coming right after the the Nick Foles injury. You know, kind of got masked for a little bit, and all of a sudden he was like, he's not coming back. It's not broken. It is dislocated. Four weeks, six at most. He's going to be back keeping, obviously, he's wide receiver one when he comes back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His legs are still going to work just fine regardless of what's going on with that collarbone. He's not going to lose speed coming out of that injury. 
Yeah, you know, there's one guy that everybody's talking about, and I'm I'm not on that train. I'm a Georgia fan, and Mecole Hardman has come out. The Chiefs kind of reached for him a little bit when Tyreek was suspended. That's a guy who just didn't have any college production. He's got wheels. Of course, he can run. I had a big play in the preseason and kind of got the hype train going. But even without Tyreek for the second half of that game, he had no targets, no nothing. I mean, just that's a guy who, if you're trying to jump on the Miko Hardman train, be careful what you're looking for because that, that could derail real quickly. Uh, speaking of collarbones, we got a couple more. Let's talk about Nick Foles. You mentioned him. That's a big thing for the Jacksonville offense. I think you're going to have some issues. I live in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, Brandon, Mississippi is right around the corner from here. And uh, Gardner Minshew is a local boy. But he's not exactly someone that's going to light up the scoreboard every week. He came in and looked good this past weekend. Uh, but I don't expect for him to go out and throw, I think it was 22 of 25 for 275 and a couple of touchdowns. That's not going to happen. There's some tape on the reel now for those coaches. They, they're going to be able to take a look at him and break some stuff down. Don't expect anything out of that Jacksonville offense. I wasn't expecting much out of Foles, but I figured he could carry some of these wide receivers. Uh, and, of course, DJ Chark balled out, and a lot of people had high hopes for D.D. Westbrook. Uh, but I think that's going to be an issue for the entire offense. Downgrade Leonard Fournette. Downgrade those wide receivers and look out because Gardner Minshew is going to be on his heels a good bit. Are you scared of that offense now? So, no, I, and I feel bad for what happened with Nick Foles. It's devastating because two years in a row, he he's behind a guy who gets hurt. So he had to see it. Now he's got to deal with it. So he had to watch. Literally, somebody got to go through the injury and come out. But they say it's six, eight weeks. I don't, I don't know he's coming back. I don't know he's coming back for the next, you know, ten weeks. Well, um, he can't return. He can't return until at least so week 11. eleven against Indy. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm saying. Next ten weeks. weeks yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Right. So he he's on the IR with the designation to return possibly in week eleven. You know, that's a tough injury. Um, they might be looking at it and going, hey, uh, are they in a position where they should even bring him back at that point? So let him heal up, and we got him for the future. Hey, they went out. They got Josh Dobbs, okay? Yeah, that, <laughs> oh, that's whatever. not really. Um, yeah. So, you know, hey, I'm just going to start this this now, but Kaepernick, Kaepernick, Ka- you know, why not? You know, because um, I, I don't know who else is going to come play. Michael Vick, why, why, why not? So, <laughs> Hey, look, um, I think Kaepernick's better than both of those guys, but well, you know how that's going to go. Yep. People are going to yep. freak out. You know, Jacksonville's in a southern town, a little bit conservative. Yep. That ain't yep. happening. They're just not so you got that. so you get you're not gonna you're not gonna win with Minshew you're not gonna win with Dobbs don't expect them to carry it so I kind of disagree with you when it comes to Fournette um, you know I think Fournette is kind of gonna have to be that bell cow he could do it he did it he did well this past weekend I think that Fournette's gonna see a huge uptick I think everybody else I think a lot of people are saying go grab Chalk now uh, because of great game he had no leaving yeah. there let somebody else grab him um, but yeah seriously. I do think Fournette's going to be the guy. You got to you got to keep playing him, man. You got to keep giving him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Fournette's a lock and load. Start him every week. The problem is, is that if the offense isn't doing as much, he's not going to get as many uh, goal line kind of touches and whatnot. He's going to get carries. He's going to get touches. But even just this week, 13 for 66. That's a good yardage. You know, five yards an attempt. But it's only 13 rushes. And then he had four receptions for 28 yards. Eh, whatever. He was right behind Chris Conley on the targets list. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that. I just think that the 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 problem is touchdowns. That offense isn't going to be moving quite as well. You're going to have an issue with scoring. And he's always been a touchdown magnet. He's he's a beast. Uh, he's a big boy who can barrel through the line at the at the goal line. And he's just not going to give me opportunities. And that's what I mean when I say lower your expectations. He's going to get lots of touches. He was going to get lots of touches regardless. 
They didn't want to put the, the ball in Nick Foles' hands 45 times a game. But if you're looking would, now, they're not going to be on the say, field. Much. I would say I'm a little disappointed in the two targets that he didn't catch because that was on him. He dropped those. Yeah. So, um, well, he's not known for his pass-catching prowess anyway. He's been adequate. Yeah, and well, without a second option in that backfield, he's going to have opportunity. So not going to argue with that one bit. Man, we got a, a situation, and I don't think it's serious, but it's something to monitor. He may not even, he may miss a week. Uh, Joe Mixon has got an ankle issue. His MRI came back. It was good news. It's not a high ankle sprain. He's day-to-day. He didn't do much in his week one debut there. That Cincinnati offense looked pretty good considering the fact that they couldn't run the ball well and uh, Joe Mixon didn't didn't really stand out but here's a guy who I was high on I have him a couple leagues and and really like Joe Mixon but if he's going to be banged up and running behind that putrid Cincinnati line it's something to monitor for sure so interesting there is that when you look at Cincinnati Bengals Joe Mixon had two red zone carries you know Giovanni Bernard was the one that got targeted uh, with the pass in the red zone. I think Gennady Bernard is actually not a bad fill-in if that Joe Mixon doesn't wind up going. So if you haven't handcuffed him, make sure you do. I think he's definitely worth looking at. I mean, he functioned as a, you know, as a nearly every down player and you know when Mixon yeah, was an offense. So. Yeah, we've seen Giovanni Bernard carry the load before when yeah. Joe Mixon's been banged up a few years ago, and he did look good. He's one of those guys that could end up being a low-end RB2, maybe even mid-RB2 uh, carrying Flex. The bulk of the weight there. Yeah, flex kind of guy at least. PPR league because, I mean, he's going to catch the ball too. So, you know. Um, you know, I, yeah. I mentioned a guy last week to keep an eye on. That was Matt Breida. And lo and behold, what do you know? Tevin Coleman goes down, and now Matt Breida looks like the guy. If you're looking for somebody, he's he might be available on the waiver wire. Tevin Coleman gets the ankle injury. It looks like he's going to be out a few weeks. They have not defined what exactly it is, but they have said that he's gone for a few weeks. Look for your easy replacement in Matt Breida. And then we have Mike Williams. He's got a little knee injury. I don't know how to feel about him, even if he wasn't injured. Yeah, Mike Williams, he limped off late in the fourth quarter during that, that Colts comeback. You know, he's a red zone hog, but he was only two for three uh, for 29 yards. So even if he plays, I think there's too many other options out there. So we named one earlier in uh, Eckler. I think that we, we called it Awesome Eckler. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there. I think Mike Williams is definitely one of those that you keep on the bench. Don't don't play him right now. And then if you can see Allen or somebody like that goes down with an the injury, then, then Mike Williams, obviously, he steps into a premier uh, wide receiver one role. But right now, I think flex at best. Keep on the bench and watch. Yeah, I had this conversation uh several people throughout the offseason about Mike Williams overtaking Keenan Allen. That's just not happening. Keenan Allen looked like a monster out there, even won a jump ball at the goal line to get the touchdown. Keenan Allen is Phillip Rivers' favorite target. That's not going to change. you know. And then you got Eckler catching passes out of the backfield. Just put Mike Williams on the back burner right now because even if he's good to go for week two, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him in a role where he's sharing a lot of targets with a lot of other guys. So we got one more uh, broken collarbone. I swear they're going down left and right. Devin Funches, the one-year signing from Indianapolis. They really hoped that they could get their their big red zone threat out there because, you know, T.Y. Hilton's only 5'9", 5'10". They don't really have anybody. And then he goes down. You're looking at a situation where Deion Kane, Paris Campbell, maybe even the tight ends can step up a little bit. But in a low-volume passing attack with Jacoby Brissett as the new quarterback, none of this really feels great to me. 
Uh, I wasn't going to have Devin Funches on any of my rosters and certainly not starting him. So I don't feel great about either of the other two guys. Anything interesting you hear or are you, are you a pass on this one? Yeah, no, here, here's where I'm at. The only person besides Mac to have on this team is uh, T.Y. Hilton. Outside of that, Deion Kane, he got, I think, two targets. Paris Campbell, one target. You know, that's uh, Deion Kane. He's a, you know, sixth rounder for last year. You know, he's the only one. I'm not not even going there, Paris Campbell, right now. You know, stay, it's, to me, it's just, hey, just put him on your watch list. You know, if you wonder how where to put him, put him on your watch list. Let him ride for a little while. T.Y. Helton goes down. Yes, get him. But yeah. uh, otherwise, no, just put him on the watch list. No, no, no need to pick him up. No need to freak out. Don't jump on this Devin Funches uh, is gone uh, show because there was only five targets there last that 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 is going to go to somebody. And I think Eric Ebron or Marlon Mack are going to get those. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't want to touch any of those guys, to be honest. I, don't, I really don't even want to mess with Eric Ebron. You know, we mentioned Darius Geis a couple times when we were talking about that Eagles defense and, and how he couldn't produce. And maybe that's because... He has a meniscus injury. They did an MRI on his right knee. That's not the knee he tore his ACL and he tore his ACL in his left knee last year. So it's his opposite knee. Maybe some sort of compensation injury. I'm not sure. I'm no doctor, of course. But he's going to be out for several weeks. And that's a big blow to people who were counting on him. They took him in the fourth, fifth round. Thought they were getting an a, a RB1. And all of us felt really good about him going into this Sunday, especially after Gruden comes out and says that he's going to start Darius Geis. Darius Geis is going to carry the load. And then he makes Adrian Peterson inactive. Now we're looking at Adrian Peterson being the starter again and Chris Thompson being a, a prominent third down role. I think Darius Geis is somebody that I wanted to avoid in all formats. Dynasty keeper, even full redraft. He terrifies me with all the injuries. Yeah, uh, to me, it's while the game was going on, and I, w- I watched that game, I think they said that Gruden wanted to put AP on, on the inactive so he didn't play. Gruden should not have a job this week. If that is actually true. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the locker room wasn't feeling that. That came out pretty hard. He's got to be careful not to lose the locker room. Yeah. Especially there in the in the second half when they really had the lead, you know, that's when you put it on one of those guys back, and AP would have been the man. Yeah. So to me, I don't think Thompson's the guy. I don't. He's not. He's not a. He's not a RB one. I think AP can be. I think if you got him, if you found, if you're lucky enough to get him because somebody dropped him last week, grab him with your waiver wire. I think we got a few other guys we're going to talk about in a little bit that are probably better grabs. But uh, but yeah, grab AP. And put him in to this week because I think he's going to carry the load. I think he has a has a fair shot of doing well this week. Yeah, I've got Adrian Peterson in a 16-team league, and I had to debate between dropping him or Damian Harris Sunday morning to pick up another player because I had to play at IDP. I know most people don't play IDP, so it's not that important, but I just waited until last minute. And I chose Damian Harris, and I'm sure glad I did because Adrian Peterson could end up being an asset, especially in a 16-team league like that one is. I, I just want to mention one more guy, uh, Albert Wilson. It's I only mentioned him because we talked about him last week. He went down with a calf injury. Don't know how serious. I have not been able to find anything out about that. Uh, but keep an eye on him. If he's out, Preston Williams gets even more work. He ended up being uh, two of three, got a touchdown. I think it was 34 yards or so. Not a bad outing for a, a low equity rookie wide receiver. So, so all, the, all of our fans out there listening, I want to point out that it's Justin bringing up the Dolphins, not Roby. Roby's not bringing up the Dolphins. Hey man, someone's got to do something. Dolphins, okay? Someone's got to do something on the team, and it sure as hell isn't Kenyon Drake or Kalen Balage or Devontae Parker, or anybody else, even Mike. I say, I don't want to hear any of that. Somebody's got to do something. Bad teams oh, produce they, bad they, teams. 
produce players. The people that are going to play. There's this movie that came out several years ago called, called The Replacements, okay? And that's what the Dolphins are probably going to have to do when right. all their players right quit. There. They're going to quit. They're not going to play anymore. <laughs> They're going to hold out. Well, you ever wonder what a whole team looks like holding out? That's what happens, okay? The whole team will hold out if this is what happens. Well, you, so, did, you hear, did you hear that, like, it came out that a bunch of players were requesting trades? Like, if half your locker room comes in after the game, like, I want out of this. I, I don't want nothing to do with this. They realize how bad that team is. And that yes. team is in full rebuild. I mean, it, I got a dynasty team that's a lot like that. Traded away all my good players. If the players on my dynasty team knew what I had done, they might revolt as well because that that is rough. Yes. All right, and just a couple other side note, guys. Uh, Juju with the toe. Um, I know you saw something, uh, a little quote from uh, – Yeah, I saw Jesse Palmer said on Twitter that uh, Mike Tomlin was yeah. optimistic after those x-rays came back native. So I, I saw it happen. I'm, I'm a, I have Juju playing, so I, I like him as a wide receiver one this week. Keep him going. Don't read into it. Don't even question it. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Don't worry about it. It, it didn't look that serious. MRI came back, no problem. He's going to be good to go. Uh, they just got to get that Mahomes. offense going again. Big Ben's got to go. He's got to yeah. get it going. So well, and I think there's going to be back volume up. there. There's going to be volume there. It's not going to be an issue throughout the whole season. We've known Big Ben to be up and down. He has these monster games and these bad games. And Seattle defense is good, but they are playing in Pittsburgh. So I honestly, I think this is going to be as going to be yellow okay. towels are going to be out, and and Pittsburgh is a little. They, they're going to they got some revenge right here after that that first showing. So expect uh, expect Juju to ball out. Yeah. And then Mahomes with a little ankle sprain, he went out for the, a couple plays at the end of the first half, come back, uh, didn't have to do much in the second half, but I wouldn't worry about him. And then Mayfield, the wrist sprain. Uh, he's going to play, keep an eye on him. I want to see how he handles the ball. I really expect them to bounce back a little bit this week. Hey, Mahomes owes Kelsey a truck because of that no-look throwing. Dude, that was bad. That was bad. Sometimes you get too cute. And he got too cute. Dude, this ain't Madden. Like, just throw the ball for a touchdown. Okay? Yep, but you owe exactly. you owe Kelsey and all of Kelsey's fantasy owners about uh, you need to you need to buy him a truck. You know that's how bad that's how bad that was. Don't do it ever ever do it again. You know when you do it once and it works, you want to do it again. It's like wait, that you don't have to do that. No, you got one show, one for life. That's it. You know, right. behind no. the back pass. <laughs> yeah, like, like when you met, like you throw a pin and lands in the cup. You don't try it a hundred more times. You like I'm out on that one. It's not like the other teams are game planning for like, oh my God, there's the no look pass. No, quarterbacks look you off all the time. Then they look <laughs> back at the receiver and they throw the ball. And they it's, throw it's, it to them looking at him. Get past it. Yeah, really. All right, so let's move on to our newest segment: surging to the front and fading to the rear. You know, we are runners. Uh, we want to talk about guys who are moving up, moving down uh, after this weekend. First guy, and I gotta just, I gotta go with him. He's been my guy for years. It's Sammy Watkins. Man, nine for 198 and three touchdowns, and he did most of that with Tyreek in the lineup. He did most of that in the first half. Dropped it off with a 68-yard bomb right from the get-go. Man, if he's got that kind of opportunity in a Patrick Mahomes-led offense, give me Sammy Watkins all day. Well, I don't understand why, why this is a surprise to anybody. Sammy Watkins is a number one draft pick. He's been hurt the last couple of years. Don't be surprised. Sammy Watkins can play. The, yeah, 198, that's not going to happen every week. Three touchdowns, that's not going to happen every week. But no. now that Tyreek Hill's out, expect 100-plus at a touchdown every single week. Or, or, yeah, or look, you can, you can I think most, people, most people's trepidation with Sammy Watkins is simply that he can't stay on the field. And But as long as he's on the field in that offense, play go, go. Yep. Play him. All right, so your boy Lamar Jackson, he found himself a target, huh? Hollywood Brown. 
Hollywood Brown. I'm telling you, that boy can run. And yeah, no doubt. Tell, I mean, that's what you get when you go to Oklahoma and you're playing for back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners. And you kind of get lost in the sauce of, of Baker Maker and Kyler Murray. You still what? You wind up first-round draft pick, and, and you go out there, and you what do you do? You shut down the critics, and you ball. 147 on four catches and two touchdowns. Play him. And, and you know what? He's available in most leagues, right? The only thing, the only thing is, you know, he had five targets on only 14 snaps. So be careful. I think he's probably earned himself some more snaps, but uh, he may be because of that that Liz Front injury. He may have only been able to play that many snaps, uh, but he definitely took advantage of his opportunity. Be wary of the fact that he only played 14 snaps, and that's something that, that you got to be aware of anyway. Definitely a waiver I had. He's on there. We'll we'll get to him in a little while. Uh, speaking of another speedster, he's a third-year guy, John Ross, seven for 158 and two touchdowns. There's a guy that I really want to uh, keep an eye on. He played 82% of the snaps. He's on the field, 10 targets, I think it was. Without J.J. Green, he's going to be a monster. Uh, they need to throw the ball to somebody. Tyler Boyd's fine as the number two. But uh, if you're able to stretch the field with John Ross, maybe he's got a third-year breakout that you know a lot of people talk about. Yeah, you know, obviously with what they did, it still wasn't enough to get Cincinnati into the winner's circle, and they're not going to win. But they're definitely going to be playing games like this all year long, so they're going to be throwing the ball. A sure. lot of people are concerned about Andy Dalton, but the man can play. He has been playing, and and I think Jacksonville wish they had Andy Dalton right now. So yeah. Andy Dalton's going to be able to throw the ball, and as long as AJ Green ain't in there, John Ross going to catch up. Go get him. He's available in most leagues. Uh, I, I definitely say you know he ain't getting you 158, but he's he's going to get you 10 plus points every week right now without AJ Green in. He's an easy add and a start on a lot of rosters. I know we mentioned John Brown earlier, but just a quick little thing. He clearly established himself as the number one wide receiver there. He played 86% of snaps. He was just on the field. Uh, and then we got Michael Gallup. That's a guy who kind of left for dead by a lot of people. He went seven for 158 uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Dak looked great out there. I mean, he was slinging the ball. That offense as a whole looked really good. So that's someone that maybe we could keep an eye on. Yeah, I think overall the – Dallas wide receivers look solid. If everybody on Cowboys that kind of looked like they had some rust on them, it was Zeke. But maybe that's a little bit behind the fact that the Cowboys overall, they just played a really good game. And yeah, so they, they dominated. Um, Dak, I mean, had a perfect rating. When, when you got like that, it's okay for Zeke to have his first game back, have a little bit of rust. He's going to get better. That, that yeah. Cowboys offense is scary. So, yeah, if you don't have him and he's available in your league, you should be looking to pick him up. Why not? Yep. No, and, and Dak looked like he was playing for a contract and he's trying to get paid. And, boy, he plays like that. He's going to get paid. Uh, your boy Austin Eckler, he's another one. Surge to the front there. 12 for 58. And six catches for 96 yards and three toe touchdowns. We've already touched on that. Um, another guy, one of my guys, Tyrell Williams. <laughs> I had a guy uh, the other day who told me that Hunter Renfro was going to out-target Tyrell Williams. I laughed at him. Boy, I, I get to do a little happy dance. Uh, I get to strut around on that because Tyrell looked great. And Renfro looked like just another guy, just a, an afterthought. Tyrell goes six for a 105 and a touchdown. Clearly the number one wide receiver there. Uh, he and Darren Waller are going to split some high-end targets. In the meantime, the rest of that receiving core, man, whatever. But if you can get Tyrell up, Either even if you have to trade for him, uh, he's a guy that's going to consistently produce all year long. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Tyrell actually. I think a lot of people grabbed him after what seeing what happened with Antonio Brown. 
you know, I think a lot of people kind of jumped on that one, and that was smart. Yep. If you missed out on it, then and you're looking for, you know, somebody to, to trade for, I think he is one of those guys you can reach out and trade. I think he's going to consistently be a number one. But yeah, he he won the Antonio Brown lottery there. So yeah, his stock just flew up as soon as as soon as they cut AB because no one expected him to be able to demand a high target share. But without anybody there, he's going to end up being a a, a big time player in that offense. We got Matt Breida. I know he didn't look great this past Sunday. He had 15 rushes for 37 yards. He was fighting some dehydration, had to leave the field a little bit. But without Tevin Coleman, got to be surging to the front. Uh, last year, he looked pretty good. Uh, he was a solid RB2 in that offense. Kyle Shanahan knows how to make running backs successful, and he's going to get lots of carries. He's an adequate pass catcher out of the backfield. He's going to do well in all facets of the game. He's a good pass blocker. So look for Matt Breida to take some steps forward. I know I picked him up as a speculative ad in that 16-team league I mentioned earlier, and I'm feeling pretty darn good about it right now. Yeah, Dice just rolled your way on that one. I mean, yep. I, I think when it comes to running back back committee, you're just you're just a roll of dice who gets hurt and takes over the lead back role. Matt. He's available on some waiver wires, so uh, reach out there and look for him. He's mostly owned, but uh, he's a guy that definitely could add. And then I mentioned Preston Williams earlier. His stock's on the rise, especially with Albert Wilson going down. I'm talking about the Dolphins. Hey, man, I can't help it, man. I got to touch uh, on everybody. Three for okay, 24. Well, talk. We're talking about a guy who got 24 yards. Yeah, but, but that touchdown. Stop. Hey, hey not you can't all start, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and d and Moving Jeremy. on, 24 <laughs> yards. <laughs> Uh, hey, look, uh, one more. Uh, I got I got uh, Tom Brady, man. Golly, that dude, he's uh, he's ageless. He, he didn't even have his best receiver this past Sunday, and he looked like a monster at just delivering the ball accurately. Uh, better than what I saw last year. Last year was kind of questionable, but looked good. Looked incredible. So, I, I, you know, I, I sit here and I say, you know, that's – he did. He looked good. The Patriots looked like they didn't miss a beat since the last Super Bowl. I said that earlier. You know, but the thing that I got to say is that one has to wonder, is this consistent? Is this going to be what we're expecting the Patriots to be all year round, like the same team they were at the Super Bowl? I mean, I don't know. They, they weren't this in the Super Bowl. You don't win nine That's to it. six or whatever. I mean, no, what I'm saying, like, are, are they even... Are they even better than the Super Bowl? Is this what they're going to carry for, for the whole whole season? I don't know. I'd say that those who got Tom Brady as their quarterback right now are definitely loving it, and then everybody else is scratching their heads like, why did I miss out on Tom Brady? Well, yep. yeah. I'm there. I, I was <laughs> off on him. Yep. And and adding adding AB is only going to help that offense. And then uh, one more surgeon to the front there, LaShawn McCoy. I was not sold, but he looked good up there. 10 for 81, and he caught a, ball, caught a ball for 12 yards. He just looked excellent, moving without any hindrances. He didn't look old like all of us thought. Um, I know Damian Williams ended up scoring touchdown, had some nice catches, but McCoy looks like he could be a factor in that offense. I have to say, with Shady, though, between the two of them, targets went to Damian, and Damian yeah. got the six, so Sean got the one. Uh, McCoy got as many targets as Darwin Thompson did, you know, because yeah, we were that. having that conversation between Darwin and, and, and Damian, which one's going to be the lead back, you know, and, and Damian, obviously, we knew Damian was going to get more percentage, but I mean, Damian, really, six to one. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected McCoy to run in there and catch a bunch of balls that's not been his game the last few years he's been a 25 30 catch kind of guy i guess uh but it's a decent flex play if you're looking uh he might be available in some places i know a lot of people jump to grab him um i wouldn't count on him being you know a significant contributor if you're a playoff caliber team he's just a bi-week fill-in so you guys really have- because you know williams didn't really find gaps i mean he was what 
13 carries for 26 yards. To me, you know, he is that passing game piece, and Shady might be the running game. So Damian Williams is your PPR guy. McCoy is your standard league. So if you got Damian Williams and you're only in the standard league, I'm, I'm backing off of him. McCoy might be my guy. I'm going to it. Now all of a sudden we've got, we really have a controversy in Kansas City when it comes to running back. All right, so we got all these guys surging to the front, but man, we got some guys that are fading to the rear here. Uh, let's let's start off with a couple of uh, running backs. The first one I want to touch on, and he was somebody that everybody was concerned with all offseason, is Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, overall, his stat line wasn't bad. He had 97 yards rushing. He had some touches. Uh, wasn't an issue. The problem is that his red zone usage was completely unexpected. Everyone thought, okay, well, at least he'll score touchdowns. But he goes in. The Rams use him for only four red zone snaps, only one inside the 10. Uh, meantime, Brown had six and he scores twice. Malcolm Brown comes in there, vultures two touchdowns, looks good on the goal line, and all of a sudden we're looking at Todd Gurley without any any red zone equity there. I'm scared as an owner. I don't think you can expect high-end RB1 numbers right now, and it looks like maybe even you're looking at RB2, which is fine, but if you were a David Johnson owner last year, you got low-end RB1 numbers and were disappointed. And now, if you made the mistake of drafting Todd Gurley this year over a few of the other guys that, uh, that were around him, you might be looking at just an average RB, you know, who's going to get you 80, 100 yards and six or eight touchdowns on the season, which is a far cry from the 15, 20 touchdowns we're used to out of him. And then another guy whose situation changed a lot, and we kind of all saw this coming, was uh, Tariq Cohen. If you're in a standard non-PPR league, he's almost unrosterable. He, uh, he had eight catches for 49 yards, but not a single rushing attempt. And with Mike Davis and David Montgomery there, uh, you're looking at a nasty situation. Uh, he, at that pace, with 12.9 points with eight for 49 in a PPR league, he last year that would have been in 21st in the league. So he's startable in a PPR, a solid floor, but... I wouldn't want anything to do with him in a standard league. If I play in one league where it's non-PPR and he would hit the waiver wire in a split second for me. Yeah, I was a little surprised by the Bears. Montgomery was out there and I got him. A lot of people were looking at him, you know, six for 18, one catch, 17 yards. I really expected him to be that more traditional halfback role with Cohen in the slot here going forward. So, you know, I was a little shocked by the number of snaps that Davis got, man. It's just incredible. To me, Cohen's just, hey, he's another dude who catches uh, some balls out of the backfield, but he he's not going to be running it for you. It's not going to be carrying the load there. Uh, Bears overall just – I hope they wake up in the next next game because the first one, both teams were asleep on Thursday. I don't think you could look any worse than what they did on Thursday night. I mean, well, I guess you could if you were the Steelers. But uh, yeah. both of those teams make me feel better about the Falcons, and, and I'm a Falcons guy. But save for those two teams, I'd be crying myself to sleep every night. So I feel the pain of those uh, Bears fans and the Steelers fans right now. See, Justin, uh, this is where you would mention the Dolphins, but you you failed to. So secretly, no, I'm not going there again. You just said like this is where you know I let there would be maybe maybe one other team. No, the Dolphins. <laughs> this is where you do well, mention a lot of bad teams out there, but of teams that you expect to be good have good offenses. I don't want to talk about the Dolphins anymore, man. Leave me alone. Uh, all right, so those those couple running backs to keep an eye on, uh, maybe adjust your expectations for. How about a couple wide receivers that are plummeting? Dante Pettis, one catch for seven yards. He played two snaps. This is a guy who last year at the end of the season looked great. You know, rumors through the through the preseason that he was having to earn his spot, and then comes out and the depth chart comes out and he's the number one wide receiver. Oh, okay, he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 
And then he goes out there. They don't even play him. Man, forget about Dante Pettis. Just move on. All right, if you got him, send him to the curb. Because so, there's no way over the next four or five weeks that you feel comfortable, even if he caught 100 yards next week. What are you going to expect in week three? You know, that kind of thing. So uh, I just couldn't so trust I don't know. There was some, some conversation that, that uh, I, I looked him up here, and, and Pettis had some maybe potential injury issue or some concern there, uh, something about a calf issue. So that's why he didn't get a lot of snaps. I don't know. I don't know if he's a drop, but he's definitely not a a play put him on your bench let him ride another um, but I, yeah don't drop him but i mean if you're looking to add one of these other guys that we talked about earlier sure you can probably drop him because nobody else is going to pick him up um but if you're looking yeah, like i think with all the wide receivers that showed out this week that you could find someone to replace him and another guy that is replaceable is Corey davis uh, how do you go out there, man? You're you're a top 10 draft pick. You're supposed to have this third year breakout like we talked about with another guy earlier in John Ross. And instead, you go zero, zero, zero goose eggs all the way around, not a single target. In the meantime, A.J. Brown comes out there and drops 100 yards. No, man. Look, I, I, I said earlier, I want nothing to do with you anymore. Corey Davis, you're gone. Kick to the curb. Goodbye. I might try to trade him for about 30 seconds. And if I didn't get a quick bite, Mm-mm. I got to move on, man. I got to move on. And then we touched on it earlier with Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald, both guys that uh, I just don't know that you can trust either of them. Eric Ebron catch one ball for eight yards. Maybe he gets a little more opportunity uh, if with Devin Funches out. They need a big target. But yeah, but I think that's that's a tight end by committee. So Jack Doyle's there yeah, too. They had another third. Uh, I didn't get the guy's name. Yeah, Mo uh, Alley Cox. Mo Alley Cox. Yeah. Maybe somebody will pop out there as Brissett's guy, but you know, yeah. right now I'm not. Don't start him. Right. So, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I could roster him at this point. Nope. Maybe we have maybe we have the old Eric Ebron, not 2018 with Andrew Luck, Eric Ebron, and the old Eric Ebron was somebody that you couldn't you couldn't count on for more than two or three good games an entire season. So, so all my haters out there who said a uh, you picked Waller over Ebron, yeah, exactly. I think that was you. So just say There was a whole list of tight ends that I gave you, and uh, you know. Waller looked pretty good. I, I can't deny it. I, I started him in the league. Uh, I, you know, what, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You got a long way to so, go before you worry about championship. Championship. Uh, the only quarterback I really want to mention here is Kirk Cousins, and only because I think that his situation has changed a good bit. I know the Falcons' offense didn't look great. The defense came out and put them ahead uh, with some great early stops. Uh, gave that Minnesota offense really good field position. They didn't have to drive very far. Anyway, he didn't throw for 100 yards, and they won handily. So if you're a Kirk Cousins owner or if you're a Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs owner, adjust accordingly. If that defense is able to put them in those kind of positive situations throughout the year, you're going to be looking at a Dalvin Cook, uh, Alexander Madison uh, show with just a little bit of, of passing peppered in there. Kind of like what we saw at the end of last year when they faded Kirk Cousins and moved forward with the run game as Dalvin Cook got healthy. Yeah, quarterbacks did really well this week. That's a lot of that could be said to, you know, first week. So, if you, I mean, obviously if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're, you're questioning things, but you know he's going to get it back on. If you're a Big Ben fan, you know he's going to get it back on. If you're a Matt Ryan guy, then thank God he's got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. You know, he's going to get it back going. So, you know, this is some of those guys I was a little disappointed in. I think that, you know, you could say if I got to choose between Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz or something like that, then you, you're going Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, I think right now, 
uh, Matt's a little surprise that, that the Falcons did play the way. I think a lot of people were surprised by that. I think Big Ben, everybody's surprised there. So, um, but I don't yeah, think that's like mentioned before. Like I mentioned before, Big Ben's been up and down his entire career. And uh, as far as Matt Ryan goes, last year they opened up against uh, Philadelphia looked terrible, and he goes on to have an MVP caliber season. So I wouldn't panic too much as a Falcons fan. I, I'm not super concerned with it. That offense is going to get moving. They just they've got to figure out the offensive line. Uh, looks like they got their left tackle situations decided upon today. So I, I think we'll be moving forward with that offense feeling a little better. All so right, let's so, go through real quick and find out. Just tell the fans who you got to add. Who do you need to go right now and grab so that? Uh, so they guess the waiver wire in time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some of these guys. Yep. You know, I, I put a couple of these Redskins uh, running backs at the top of my list as far as uh, RBs go. Chris Thompson, if you're in a PPR, he had 10 targets uh, in a game that they led most of the – you know, they were ahead. So it's not like they were a negative game script and having to pass a bunch. Uh, it just looked like Chris Thompson was the better running back out there. He was very productive. Uh, and then Adrian Peterson, I know he was inactive, but now he's he's the only show there. You know, a two-down banger uh, who's going to get some red zone opportunity in an offense that, you know, maybe they surprise us. You know, Terry McLaurin really stood out as a player that uh, could help that offense move the ball. So if you've got space on your roster, got hell, even you don't really need space. you got to find a place for these two guys, uh, Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson. AP's my guy. Thompson, uh, absolutely not. I disagree with you 100%. Uh, yeah, 10 targets, that's fantastic. But, you know, how many of those were in the first half? Yeah, I'd have to look up those splits, and maybe I could post that on our Twitter uh, handle. Uh, yeah. Make sure you check it out. Uh, I'll also be posting that uh, video. I'm going to pull it up of Steelers line and uh, the center not snapping the ball. I'll post some of these things on our Twitter handle, at the rundown FF pod. So look for that in, uh, later today or tomorrow. Yeah, check, check that because I think you might you might find that uh, that Chris Thompson to me he's not a pickup. Uh, yeah, he got ten targets, but the the everybody but the Redskins balled out in the first half. So yeah. know, there's that too. So the the only pickup here is Adrian Peterson. So to me. All right. Well, another backfield that uh, is kind of murky and nobody feels great about. How about the Tampa Bay backfield where uh, Peyton Barber is a starter? But uh, Ronald Jones definitely looked like the, the guy with the juice there. And I don't really feel great about Ronald Jones. I, uh, like I said before, I think I mentioned it last week, he has been incredibly disappointing. Uh, but for a guy who everyone was laying out to dead, you know, ready to bury, you know, 13 for 75, and he even caught a ball for 18 yards. There's a guy who, if he shows anything, could have something going for him. I'm okay staying away from any uh, National Football League team that plays in the state of Florida. So right now, like I'm just not like Jacksonville, Miami, uh, Tampa Bay. Like if one of those three, just stay away. And Mount Ronald Jones, that's great, 75 yards. Somebody gotta do something. But I ain't picking him up. Uh, and then you know I mentioned Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown earlier. Just a heads up. I know people are going to be running to the uh, waiver wire to pick up Malcolm Brown, but just remember, Gurley had 51 snaps and Malcolm Brown only had 19. So the red zone usage was significant, but you're not talking about a week-to-week starter. Uh, be careful what, you, what you're looking for there. Um, if you're only getting 19 snaps to Gurley's 51, I, I don't feel like you can be in a week-to-week guy that you want on your starting lineup, that's for sure. Let somebody else grab that, that fish and let him sit. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we talked about Tevin Coleman going down, a guy that a lot of people may not uh, be aware of. Raheem Mostert 
that's a guy who has really capitalized on his opportunities last year. He had 7.7 yards a carry. I mean, it was limited action. He had 34 carries. But to, to have that kind of uh, efficiency, that's someone that you can look for. He's a, he's a decent pass catcher. He's going to have some more opportunity now with uh, just him and Brita as the, as the main ticket there. If, you've got, if you're desperate for running back, Raheem Mostert is definitely a grab. Yeah, desperation, I think, is uh, the goal there. But, I, I mean, you know, he's not playing in the state of Florida. So, yeah, I, I'd pick him. Yeah, and then uh, I know we talked about Devin Singletary or last week. Uh, he looked good out there. He, he had four carries. I know it's not a lot, but three of them went for 15-plus yards. You know, when you get four carries and you get seven, 70 yards. Also, he had five catches. So that's that's incredible, especially in a half PPR or full PPR format. You're looking for for guys who could potentially be three down backs. You're going to see Devin Singletary's uh, usage climb as the weeks go on. So don't be afraid to rush out there. Uh, he's an early, early uh, grab for me if he's available. I know he's he's been taken by a lot of leagues, but if he's available, he's a definite add. Yeah, I got him on my bench already. You know, saw that coming pre pre-draft. Uh, so yeah, he's going. He's going to. He's really going to take that that backfield. Keep going with it. So certainly, certainly the guy to pick up. Yeah, and then uh, another one, Alexander Madison. I know a lot of people were. Oh, Dalvin Cook is. He's going to be the show there. But you got to remember, Dalvin Cook's injury history is extensive. And this is not a guy who plays a lot of games. Uh, he's missed a ton. And Madison showed that he can do it. Uh, nine for forty-nine. Uh, didn't get any targets. Uh, I think if he had the main role, he would definitely. Uh, be part of that passing game because he's an adequate receiver. He's one that he's he may be the top handcuff in the league. He and maybe Tony Pollard, just because of what they will offer to their team and the opportunity that they'll get if the starter goes down. So grab Alexander Madison if you've got some space in your bench, you got a deep bench uh, or deeper league because uh, he's a he's a great stash. Uh, maybe you went a little uh, wide receiver heavy zero RB. That's a guy that could. Potentially, if something, God forbid, happens to Dalvin Cook, he could end up being a league winner. I picked up Madison uh, as a last pick in one draft because I had Dalvin Cook. I think that's because of that same reason. I think, you know, if you you see Dalvin Cook's history, uh, Dalvin Cook went off. I mean, so yeah, that whole whole offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line looked great opening holes for those two running backs. So Kirk uh, Cousins can't play. So he ain't show he's worth the money that they're giving him. So to me, why not keep running the ball with Dalvin Cook? And when you when Dalvin Cook needs it, he got to come out and get some water. And hey, guess what? More runs for Madison. So yeah, a little sippy sip on the sideline opens up something for Madison. Uh, and then we mentioned Joe Mixon. Keep an eye on uh, practice reports. I'm pretty sure he's going to sit all week long. Might end up practicing on Friday in a limited fashion. Uh, but Giovanni Bernard, we talked about earlier, he's an easy add uh, as a guy who could fill that role. Uh, and some wide receivers that we want to put on the roster. Marquise Brown, he, he's not owned hardly anywhere. Uh, he's he's one of those guys that you've got to add. Um, John Ross is another. Uh, and then one that we haven't discussed yet, Jamison Crowder. You know, he's got Adam Gase as his coach. You know, we all know Adam Gase from Miami and what he did with Jarvis Landry. Uh, a bazillion targets every year. Not a whole lot of a dot. He's not going to get down the field with that ball, but that's perfect for Jamison Crowder, who had 14 catches for just 99 yards. Well, that's a typical slot production for Adam Gase's offense. And that's 17 targets. Now, so, I don't think they're going to throw that much. Going so forward. I throw that out there. I think I think you know top forty top forty option. But then then you see on the news yeah. that the Jets go out and trade 
for Demarius Thomas. What are you thinking there? I mean, to me, I'm like, do I go out and grab Demarius Thomas? Uh, but Crowder just racked it up. Wow. Well, well, if you're our boy Trey, you go out, grab him, start him this week, and uh, expect you yeah, know. Yeah. 20 yards and two touchdowns, but you know, not everybody's going to roll like that. No, I think if you're, if you're looking for anything incredible out of Demarius Thomas, you're probably about six years too late. Uh, Peyton Manning didn't throw in the ball. That's Sam Darnold back there, guys. And I hate to break it to you, but he ain't Peyton. And they're not about to throw for 1500 yards to that, to Demarius Thomas. He's not about to catch 12 touchdowns. No, a wide receiver one on their team, Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's a little banged up. So Demarius Thomas coming in is not going to be the number two, um, you know. So don't don't I don't think you jump after him. I think Robbie Anderson and and, uh, and, and James Crowder are, are safe plays. Yeah. Um, definitely put on your bench and, and see what happens with him. Yeah, and another slot guy, uh, Randall Cobb. I have put him off to to the past year. You know, thought he was nothing, and he may not be, but he definitely looked good. Uh, he passed the eye test, looked quick, uh, explosive off the line. Uh, and he was able to make some contested catches that impressed me a good bit. And then uh, we mentioned him earlier, A.J. Brown. The antithesis of, of Corey Davis comes out and immediately shows that he can do it. Uh, whereas Corey Davis, you know, 17 years later is still looking like he's a high school scrub. Man, he flashed some big playability with those uh, two receptions, 47 and 51 yards. You know, that 51-yarder was just a little short dump off. And, and he just took off with it. So it's a speculative ad for sure. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him this week. Uh, only because I don't know of his role uh, going forward. I don't know what Mariota is. Did Mariota just take advantage of a good situation with a reeling Browns defense, or is that the real deal? But it's something to keep an eye on. I think I think definitely put him on the watch. But uh, as far as trying to add him this week, uh, it's Tennessee. Who knows what they're going to play with? Let let it ride. You know, I throw I throw a name out there. You know, I, I'm right there with him in the same position as like Trey Quinn from Washington. I mean, the guy's being boom bust kind of play. Um, he didn't do much this past week, but he he he's right there with AJ Brown in my opinion. As you put him on your watch list, let it sit for another week and see what happens. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys are grab and sits, but the next one, I feel comfortable starting him right out the get go. If, if I have the chance to get Terry McLaurin, I'm grabbing him, starting him this week. Uh, that dude, he he proved that he can be the number one in that in that offense. Looked great. Uh, ran a, a, a lot of different routes there and uh, Case Keenum was able to find him. I don't know what kind of chemistry they have. And even if they switch, switch quarterbacks eventually. Uh, Dwayne Haskins threw to Terry McLaurin last year at Ohio State, so I I feel comfortable with Terry McLaurin as a long-term option and even a, a quick start a plug and play this week uh, at wide receiver. Yeah, I think this is another one like we were saying earlier with Washington, and you go back to see what they look like in the first half versus the second half with Chris Thompson. So uh, maybe if you could post that for the, the listeners as well on there. Um, but yeah, you know, Terry McLaurin, he he lit it up, and I agree with you. Uh, he He's definitely a, a go get, uh, and you know all my leagues. He's actually he's not available. Could you could you trade for him? Sure, I think you could probably get him for you know Mike Evans. I know you ain't gonna like that. But, <laughs> Come on now, don't be silly. You could get you could probably get Terry McLaurin in in a league uh, where you know there's some players in there don't really understand. You know it's Washington. Stay back a little bit. He had a great first week, but you can you can probably tie him and somebody else to a guy you're trying to dump that that usually is a wide receiver one. So. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, you know somebody might be trying, maybe thinking that they're selling high and they're really selling low on a guy who could end up being a top 24 wide receiver this year. 
And then another guy I really liked, uh, he looked good last night. Ted Ginn Jr., clear wide receiver number two in New Orleans, in my opinion. I know, I know that's your team. How'd you feel about Ted Ginn, man? So he broke 100, right? Got all seven of them. I think he missed out on that touchdown because of uh, Drew's arm, uh, right? But the boys got uh, – Drew still got the vision, so I'm not going to hate on Drew, right? Hey, that was a, that was the best game of the, the first week. So the Saints, uh, everybody kind of knew it. Saints, Texans were going to go at each other. I don't I, – you know, I don't know. I, I was – I'm a little surprised. Traycon Smith is – everybody's kind of said he's the number two because he had that – he had that awesome couple last last part of the season last year. Um, you know, he but he only had what two targets last night and, and twenty six yards yeah. he only did catch the touchdown. Traycon Smith is not playable right now to me. And Michael Thomas is just a ball hawk. Like they just give him the ball. So if you wanna go get another Saints player, uh, because you, you feel like he lit it up, I think Taggins a guy. I I personally think that he actually might be good trade bait. So if you got him on your team and you want to trade him for somebody you can handcuff him with, like he's a second guy you could put in there with somebody else to try to go get somebody. And I think people might actually bite on that. They're like, oh, look at it, what he did week one. Because, right. you know, we don't know what he's going to I mean, he's, he can run. There's no doubt. He can still yeah. catch. He showed that. But, you know, you just don't know with the Saints offense. Yeah, he's a true sell high. He's a true sell high because he might have had his best game of the year right there. You know, granted, he might catch one or two balls here and there. But, uh, you know, we saw it on the broadcast last night, that that long throw uh, to get them into field goal position. That was Drew Brees' first throw over 20 yards. So you've got to be a little concerned about the team's willingness to throw deep. Uh, and that's clearly what Ted Ginn Jr.'s game is. That's his game. Uh, You're right. You're spot on. And and that I'm, I'm right there with you. You got to You don't know. He's yeah. It's Michael Thomas. It's Alvin Kamara. All these short dump offs that Drew Brees can pinpoint and, and drop in there like a dime. He'll still be able to do that. But looking for that deep ball. If you're if you're that guy that's chasing points, you might be a little behind uh, trying to catch Ted Ginn, just like everybody else out there. Uh, so maybe so they, he is the wide receiver too there, but I, to me, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not starting him. I think talent-wise, he's clearly the the second best option in that offense, and as far as that wide receiver, and uh, that showed for sure. Uh, another streaker out there. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Miko Hardman. Um, I'm not big on him. I, as a Georgia fan, I, I mentioned earlier, he he didn't impress me. But the one thing. He played 46 snaps. That's second on the team uh, from the wide receiver position behind Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, even if you got no targets this week, you can't play 46 snaps and not get opportunities. So I think playing time will lead to opportunity. Uh, you're not talking about a guy who's going to be a wide receiver, too. He may not even be a good flex, but you're looking forward to bye weeks, early bye weeks with Tyreek out. Pay attention to me, Cole Hardeman. You can uh, play got- 46 snaps and not catch anything. It's called offensive line. So... But that ain't what Hardman does. He's, so kind of me, small. He's kind of a little small for that position. He might not be able to play left tackle. I'm just going to throw it out there. So nope. look, look You're kind a of second-round rookie. You get that many snaps. I don't know. I mean, it tells me, even with Tyreek out, they didn't throw him the ball. So I think that maybe he catches the one that Mahomes is looking the other way. And he gets that ball. But just that it might be the one. Yeah, that may, maybe, that, maybe that's That it. might be the one. He's throwing that no-look pass, and it goes right over uh, Kelsey's head and into the middle. I think pass on him. I think pass on him. I think other people are going to pick him up, and they're just going to – they're going to – they're going to – I really don't think – I don't think anybody's grabbing him. If you're in a really deep league or desperate, you know, your team sucks, and it's kind of hard to admit that right now, but uh, he might be that you know, guy. A lot of – a lot of. I'm kind of looking through my rosters right now and looking at waiver wires, and the, the wide receivers that kind of – like 
John Ross, we said, James Crowder, we said, Mikko Harman's number three on the on the projected points list. Yeah. Uh, so so obviously people are going to be looking as like, who do I pick up? And then they see Mikko Harman out there. They pick him up just because of the projected points. But and that, that's saying, true. You know, those don't be that guy. Dictate. Yeah, that's fair. Those projected points can really dictate uh, how uh, people are looking to, to grab receivers. So uh, moving on to tight end, Hawk. We haven't mentioned TJ Hawkinson yet. He had six for 31 in a touchdown. That's That's the most yards in NFL history for tight end debut. And I don't know if you guys realize this. They said it maybe once or twice this weekend here and there, you know, 100 years of NFL football. And he just set the record for most yards in a a debut for a tight end. If he's available, you got to grab him. I'm in a league where I have two tight ends already, and it's it's a struggle for me not to reach out and, and put them on my uh, on my target list for uh, waiver ads. Uh, I'll be debating that tonight. I need some wide receiver help, but daggum, I tell you what, Hawkinson looked like a monster. Yeah, he's he's the guy. He's the man in most of your leagues. So um, if you're not grabbing him, if he's available and you're not grabbing him, you got to do what you got to do on this one. I think he's a, a start now and play all season long tight end. Hawkinson surprises me. Uh, I like him, and I think Stafford and him, that's going to be a good link up all year long. Yeah, and then you know Darren Waller, your boy, he's available in a lot of leagues. Uh, he just went 7 for 70 on eight targets. He played 100% of the snaps, 55 of 55 snaps. Uh, I know you were talking about that when we were in the pre-show. Uh, that's impressive. <laughs> going to live and die on that one, huh? Uh, so yeah, we've already we've we've gone enough into Darren Waller. Pick him up, man. He's he's gonna get plenty of work in that offense. A couple of names that uh, may be a little bit below the radar, but that are gonna get some work. Vernon Davis, he's an athletic freak, and with Jordan Reed out, he's gonna get work. He looked that play where he jumped over one guy, threw another one off of him, and threw and went down for 48 yards and a touchdown. That was just stupid. You you got to give it up for Vernon Davis. Dude's been been around for a long time. I think it's like 14, 15 awesome. years, yeah. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, I know Jason Witten's back in the fold, but Blake Jarwin looked pretty good out there, moving really well. Looked a lot better than than Jason Witten. Jason Witten ended up finding a little soft spot in the D for a touchdown. But uh, Jarwin is a guy who he's a super deep ad. It's a stretch right now to expect anything. Well, I- I don't think so. I think I think Jarwin actually has, you know, some some space there. You know, Jarwin had a pretty good season last year. So he's a tight end, too, right now, maybe in the 15 to 18 range with a lot of opportunity, especially since Witten is old. You never know if Witten goes down. I know for most of his career, he's been a rock out there, but rocks crumble sometimes and, and he's old. So coming out of the booth, just never know how that's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know last last year he had a hundred yard game. Um, you know he didn't he didn't get a lot, but when the games he he really stepped up there towards the end. Um, so I, I think Jarwin is one of those guys you can definitely stash in, in in deep deep leagues. Otherwise, just put him on your watch list. Use that thing to your advantage because you, Sunday comes along and somebody gets injured or doesn't play, and you're like, who do I grab? Use your watch list because they're the guys we say go back to. So. Yeah, the watch list is important for being able to keep tabs on players and not forgetting them. Look, let's get past these uh, waiver wire ads and let's move into some streamers, man, because we got week two coming up. Some things to look forward to. I know a lot of people's lineups are set, but if you've got some struggles at a certain a few positions, uh, a few positions that we like to stream, uh, quarterback tied in and defense, let's talk about some of these guys. Stafford against the Chargers. Uh, Stafford looked great, and he's been a really productive fantasy quarterback. I know last year was a down year, but he's... At, 
historically in his career, he's been excellent. Uh, so I'm looking for a Stafford rebound this season. And that started last week, and I think it continues through with the Chargers, uh, against the Chargers there. Yep. I think, you know, we just talked about his his big asset there, and Hawkinson, Stafford against Chargers good. It's going to be it's going to be a shootout if if Detroit has a chance to win, and Stafford's going to have to use his arm to get there. So, so yep, rebound, absolutely. Grab him. Yep. And then uh, we, watched, we watched the Giants. Everyone out there saw how bad they are. Case Keenum looked good against a Philly defense that was supposed to be much better than this Giants D, that's for sure. So if you're just, I mean, maybe for whatever reason you started Nick Foles, or maybe you're scared of, of your quarterback and his matchup this week, Case Keenum has a nice matchup against the Giants. Uh, Terry McLaurin out there, and uh, we mentioned Vernon Davis. Uh, he's got some options. Chris Thompson is able to make some yards after catch, so I wouldn't expect a, a QB1 performance out of him, but you know, a high-end QB2, you know, getting you 16, 18 points and just being serviceable, I don't think that's out of the realm of uh, expectation for Case Keenum. And uh, I think I think if you're in one of those leagues where uh, you can switch him out halfway through a game, Case Keenum is your guy. <laughs> Derek Carr is a, is a is a go get if he ain't if you ain't already got him. I think another guy that you can go get. I mean, it, Derek Carr is gonna be playing Kansas City, so you know it's gonna be a shootout. Yep. He's gonna have to throw. Yep. So uh, yeah, grab Derek Carr if he's available. I think another one you grab uh, is Andy Dalton. Guy had a great great game uh they're playing san francisco uh it's going to be a shootout to me it's in san fran go grab him too san fran did play played good but um but yeah i think they played tampa bay so there's that they played a full right game. yeah just tampa bay. So. and as far as tight ends go you know it's another position that you know usually you can grab and go we talked about hawk and waller they're both available in a lot of leagues Pick them up, start them. They're they're not even streamers. They're every week starters. But one guy that I know is going to be overlooked, and I'm looking for a bounce back from the Bears' offense. As long as Trey Burton is down, I think Adam Shaheen has a chance to really do something. Uh, maybe he gets three or four balls, catches a touchdown. If you're if you're playing tight end and you don't have one of the top three or four guys, you're just looking for a touchdown anyway. Historically, the Broncos have been weak against the tight end, and they just got worked by Darren Waller. So. Uh, Shaheen has the opportunity to uh, establish a little bit of uh, rapport with Trubisky this week and come through and with a you know maybe a low end tight end one uh, look for you this week. Yeah, I don't really see that there's a lot out there besides the big guys this week and do it you know that we already kind of pointed out. So yeah, I was looking at some matchups and it looked like all the the best matchups were were tied up with guys that were already owned. So you know there might be. There may be something there with Noah Fant and Denver. I mean, they got Chicago, but I don't know which which Chicago we're going to see. So um, yeah, but Chicago's always been really good against the tight end. Uh, they they scare me. I know Graham got the touchdown last week. That's Jimmy Graham. He had like a seven or eight inch advantage over the cornerback that was covering. I just don't think that's going to be a week to week thing. No, so, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there saying I can grab a tight end. If you're looking at him where he might fall out, I don't think he's going to live up to projection points. So so stay away from. To me, I don't think he's a streamer. Stay away from him. It's 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 going to be tough this week. We're going to have better opportunities going forward. Uh, looking at you know player teams that are playing the Raiders, teams that are playing the Dolphins. Those are another couple teams, and even the Browns. Uh, you know, Browns, it might be might be worth looking at. Is is I think Jason Witten is probably out there. Uh, we mentioned earlier about uh, another. Blake Jarwin. I said I, I bet Jason Whitner, uh, Witten's out there, and we, you can post this later in the the Twitter feed to how many 
how many people actually had Jason Witten, but you know he's playing Washington. Yeah, they they they're weak against wide receiver, but that's another one that they they match up well against the tight end. Uh, did last year uh, and the year before, so uh, I think they kind of funnel things on the outside. Uh, so I don't know that I'd really trust Witten to do a whole lot. Um, the real the four teams that you're looking for looking for uh, streaming against is the Browns, the Dolphins, the Raiders, and the Broncos. Those four teams the last few years, uh, I, I talked about Al Zeidenfeld earlier, he calls that the flow chart. And all it is is when you're playing DFS, because he's a DFS guy, you're looking for those four teams and then pick the tight end that's going against them. So keep an eye on that. That's why I said Shaheen, he's got an opportunity. But, I mean, I don't think that you're looking for – you know, 20 points out of him. I just think that if you're desperate and you, you've got someone, maybe you've got Eric Ebron and you're looking for something, anything, and you're not feeling comfortable with, with a player like that, that you take a shot on someone like Adam Shaheen. If you can't get to Hawk or Waller on the, on the waiver wire. So let's, uh, let's cover our last little section here. We got the defense, you know, another position that's easy to stream. You just look at, at quarterbacks and what's going on on the other side of the ball, offensive line, et cetera. And we've got three that we can line up for you. Uh, the Texans defense is primed for a good game against a rookie quarterback who, you know, uh, late, late, nobody really in Gardner Minshew. So if you've got the Texans D or you got access to them, that's one that you can grab and play. Um, hey, I, those- think, I think you've got an opportunity here. Any defense playing against a Florida team is actually worth grabbing. Well, the good. Patriots defense. Uh, you just mentioned the Texans defense. I don't think you'd be wrong grabbing. Well, the, the next one on the list is the Panthers. So you're, the Panthers, you're right on track yeah, with that. Sorry. I mean, uh, it's Jameis Winston. I mean, come on. Jameis Winston loves to throw some interceptions. He'll put the ball on the ground. You know, they're going to score points. But if the Panthers can put any pressure on him, they're going to get some turnovers. Maybe they end up scoring a pick six or something like that. Speaking of bad quarterbacks who like to turn it over, the last one I've got for you is the Bills. Uh, that's a great defense, and they, now they get to play Eli. Come on, it's Eli. I mean, uh, I don't have much more else to say. I mean, the dude's just meh, meh. Blah. That's what I got for Eli. His time is coming to an end, but Daniel Jones didn't help himself on his play. Yeah, the so one what's, play. Yeah. I guess what's what's better than throwing an interception on your first play is like fumbling. <laughs> yeah, so, I guess. Right. Maybe maybe you can blame that on someone else. Yeah. Yeah, but that was all that was all on Daniel Jones. So that didn't that hey, welcome to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> it's not preseason anymore, man. It's not preseason anymore. Well man, uh it looks like week one is in the books and I'm totally looking forward to week two. Uh I'm ready to move forward. Uh to you all you guys out there, remember to scour those waiver wires. I mean we send out a trade offer or two for some of those underperforming week one players. And just stay busy. Just pound the table, get get what you can. Whether you're one and zero or zero and one, there's still work to do. So, Jeff, another another great podcast. I really appreciate you again. Always good talking with you, man. Going over football, I can't get enough of it. Yeah, buddy, this has been this has been fantastic. I think we got a lot here that we covered. Uh, if you've got questions, uh, you know, rewind it because we probably answered it all the guys. If we're not talking about it, we're gonna come back to you next week. We'll talk about week two. Uh, we'll talk about some more wins. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how to win as long as you keep listening to what I said today. Uh, like I did last week, and I'm going to do it again next week, and I'm going to do it again all season. So keep tuning in, and we're going to tell you how to win your fantasy football league and maybe win some money so you can explain to your wife why fantasy football is worth doing. Keep it up. Hit us up on Twitter at the Rundown FF Pod, and uh, we'll hit you up next week. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Remember, together we run this. It's 
next week. Out.